Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on the show. We welcome you to text in any time you would like. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And you are welcome to leave a Rhino Shield mic drop that Jackson uh, really prides himself in never playing. That's right. That's yep. uh, using the 101 effort. ESPN app. And you can always go back and podcast the show on the uh, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast. We have a different kind of show here today. Riggs from Barstool, native St. Louisan, uh, golf podcast extraordinaire, the four-play pod, the Billy Horschel interview. Just coming go up this week. I, I can't wait to go listen to that. One of our better ones, especially uh, in a while. I mean, he was really candid. He's a very genuine guy. He's misunderstood, I think, a lot of people. I mean, we were. You weren't a big fan. We were very hard on him. Uh, when did you turn? When he came on the podcast, or was it uh, before? You know, the- I actually, he. Uh, he was aware of a lot of things that we had said about him. He's one of those guys who is plugged in. I know he's blocked some of my friends on Twitter. Yeah, he told he told us that he actually now, he just runs his own Instagram. So he sees stuff on Instagram. He said he has a team that runs his Twitter because he couldn't handle it. Not handle it, but he just didn't want to handle it. He didn't want to see it. Um, so he has a team that handles kind of his Twitter, but he's on Instagram, so he sees stuff. But I saw him at the um, Phoenix Open in uh, February. He was playing with Kiz, Kevin Kisner, who's obviously one of our one of our guys. And um, and they're walking inside the ropes together. Everybody's yelling, ain't no hobby at kids. And Billy actually made a couple comments to me laughing about the crowd and having a good time was just very cordial with me. And I immediately then was like, oh, man, I've said some really bad stuff about that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel some guilt. Totally. And, you know, like when you start a golf podcast, you're just tweeting with, you know, a pretty small following as you're trying to get going. And you kind of like your your crowd rallies around you sort of having your things and one of our things was like oh billy horschel is going to melt down on coverage again and he's a crazy person and like you know what a lunatic like that was one of our things that we would always highlight people would laugh whatever you don't think you're going to actually end up inside the ropes with the guy having real conversations or you don't think of that consequence or that reality or whatever so sure. when it does happen it's weird you feel like a jerk whatever and you know it's 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 um, never a great feeling when you know you've like judged somebody without really meeting them. Yeah. And even though you were like joking, like clearly that stuff gets taken a lot more seriously by the person, and it probably leads to other people sending mean tweets to them. So yeah, you immediately are like, oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so yeah, we had him on the show on yesterday's podcast that we put out. He was on for about 90 minutes. 
And, you know, this is two days after he had won the uh, Memorial Jacks mm-hmm. tournament. So um, one of the biggest wins of his career, one of the biggest weeks of his entire career. And he chatted with us for 90 minutes. His uh, his kids jumped on and were like, Daddy, you know, let's, so he's a family man. And, and right away he started the show with... Uh, well, this is going to be very interesting. And, <laughs> and he lived up to it. Yeah, and Frankie was like, why do you say that? And he was just like, I, you guys have said some stuff about me. Uh, and so he's like, my goal here is not to get any apologies. We all obviously apologize. We're like, oh, no. But he was like, my goal here is not to get any apologies. It's just to show you guys kind of who I am and talk through stuff. If you if people like me, great. If not, I really don't care. Uh, and he was excellent. He was awesome. So we're now Billy, uh, big Billy Horschel fans. That's a, it's a cool story. And your story is incredible for the 101 ESPN listeners not familiar with Riggs and Barstool. Uh, he is a native St. Louisan. Uh, background, he just spent an hour with us on TMA, so those of you from TMA may have heard it, but uh, you are a native St. Louisan, back in town here for a few days. His family still lives here. You now live in Scottsdale, but we've been with Barstool now for, what, about six years, right? Yeah, six, six and a half years or something. I mean, uh, you know, we're a lot bigger now. We're probably three or 400 people in terms of the total number of employees. I, I was the 19th, I believe, God, back when amazing. I got hired in 2016, so... It, things have changed a lot. Barstool's gotten a lot bigger. Um, the recognition has gotten a lot crazier. Uh, you know, it, it's a big, legitimate, you know, m- uh, media sort of empire now. Um, whereas at the time, we were just kind of the little, little guy, always kind of punching up and trying God, to. It's just amazing to me that it was only six years in. ago. It I just know. really does mess me up that, that it's, it's only been fast. six years. My yeah. job's changed a lot. You know, it was going into the office every day into Barcel HQ and trying to make a name for yourself and trying to be kind of part of the content soup, you know. And, and like I said in the last one, relevancy or uh, currency, relevancy is currency. So you're always trying to just, you know, be there and be mm-hmm. in. And, and you're trying to get, you know, blogs out that get a lot of clicks and you're trying to be on social and trying to go viral and you're trying to you know make sure that you you kind of build your your crew of people that like what you do and follow you so that you can branch out and do your own thing and somehow we've done it with golf and it's the coolest thing in the world because i mean i'm a golf nut i've been obsessed with golf ever since you know high school college age especially after kind of all of our glory days of high school sports college sports however long you made it you eventually get to a point where like you know you you could it's funny to think about as a as a kid um, you know, from whenever you start five, six, seven years old until you graduate from high school or college, like you have, um, you have an outlet to compete Yeah, for you, like the highest level, like whether that's, even if that's JV soccer, like you go to those games, you're putting on a Jersey and you genuinely want to defeat the other people on the other side in a competition and it matters and it matters to you and your parents and your fans. Um, and then all of a sudden that's just gone. You just don't have that. Now you're like at work or you're doing whatever. And it's and golf, I think, is a really, really um, cool and and obviously my favorite way to sort of fill that void a little bit for a lot of people that are that are athletes or competitive and whatever. Um, we're competitive by nature. That's mm-hmm. what we do. You know, from the primal days of of trying to mate to you know, we're just competitive people. And so having that in golf, I've just been obsessed with equipment courses. Um, you know, matches, professional golf, everything. And so to do it now for a living, essentially covering it and trying to put out interesting content is it's the coolest thing ever. And for blues fans, and 101 ESPN is the home of the St. Louis Blues, you played hockey, uh, I'm sure a blues fan, and uh, played what for John Cooper, who Coop? played mm-hmm. at Harvard. And we saw John Cooper and Patty Maroon get uh, one step closer to uh, another yeah, couple Alex last Moore night. Yeah, uh, one of my teammates. Is that right? Yeah. So I know Killer pretty well. I know Maroon. I know Pat really well. And Coop, yeah, was my coach. I still t- We do actually do a, a master's bet every year where. You we, and Cooper do? Yeah, we each draft five guys. And uh, we just do total score. 
and the loser has to send merchandise for the winner's staff. And I lost by like 30 shots this year. He had like Scheffler. He was he had, on Scheffler. He had everybody. It was insane. He's like chirping me after, you know, they're playing uh, playoff games. Like, you know, they're playing whatever, Toronto. They're late in the, I guess they were late in the regular season at the time. And he's like texting me on the plane afterwards. Like, I thought you were the golf guy. He's like beating me by 30 shots. So, um, so Coop's great. I know Coop. But yeah, we had season tickets to the Blues growing up. My, my dad, uh, my dad's a dentist in the area. And he and one of his patients split season tickets. And so that was our favorite thing in the world to do was go to Blues games, me and my brother and my and my dad. Um, so hockey above everything, you know, obviously Cardinals are huge in St. Louis. We are never really a baseball family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I get excited around playoff time. 162 games is just too many for me for baseball. I'm obviously being a hockey fan. I'm more fast paced and all that. Um, what was 2019 like for you, especially working oh, where you work and for whom you work, considering his loyalty to the uh You know, the look, Bruins. as Blues fans, right, like, we always kind of believed that it would just never happen, right? I mean, like, especially those years in the early 2000s when they were winning the President's Cup with and then losing and then, to the Sharks. And then losing, you know, immediately. Yeah. You were just like, this is never going to happen. And then for years, they had really good teams kind of leading up to 2019 that just didn't get past the first or second round. Chicago's winning all these cups. Like, we couldn't even – we had to get by Chicago, and we couldn't really do that. Um, you know, losing to the Wild, and it was just so frustrating, and it genuinely just was like, yeah, we're never going to – we're just never going to win the cup, obviously. Um, and then, of course, the year they do is when they're in last place in early January, um, and Benner comes up, and all of a sudden he's a stud, and, and they go on this run. And I, I'll never forget – Game seven against Dallas in round two when mm-hmm. Maroon scored that double right. overtime goal. But that game was the first time in my life where I was like, this team can win the Stanley Cup. They dominated that yeah, game. Yeah. And Jamie Benton had that wraparound yes. attempt that if that would have gone in, obviously oh, none brutal. of it happens. Brutal. But that game overall, if you watch that game start to finish, that was a game seven against a really good team, and the Blues just dominated them. They just shut them down, um, and obviously it took double OT. But when they won that game, I was like, they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Because, and I'll tell you, now you're taking me back to that moment and that night, it would have been textbook previous Blues teams to lose a game seven that they dominated at home, Out-shoot and instead them. it didn't happen that way. They won. They got that W. Got past the hand pass crap, right? Yep, they got past all that. They kind of they ended up destroying San Jose. I believe they played the next round. They just, you know, I think they lost game one but then uh the blues that year too kind of what they were able to do this year to a degree was like they just could wear teams down they that's wore they san did, jose man. down by the game five six seven that's what the they blues did were just everybody. tougher they were just you know it was it was they were they were shutting you down they were out you know they were out injuring people basically where it's like <laughs> guys if you're gonna go up against the blues you're probably gonna get hurt and they did um who was it carlson at that point who was like i think he was all banged up i mean he was guys like didn't even team. travel from san jose so, yeah, for game right, six they right. was like we've had enough so that no was mas. huge and then i you know and then yeah, I had to go into the the Lions Den with the Bruins in the in the Stanley Cup final. So where were you for that? Did you go so to the game did, in Boston? That was when we were doing live radio, uh, four to six p.m. Yeah. You know, our show was me, Dave, um, Tommy, Tommy Smokes, who was kind of our other guy on the show. But we would at the time when we had our SiriusXM deal, we would do live radio from. Uh, from big events in general. So we did like Final Four. We would go and do like Friday, Monday. We would do, we went to like Minneapolis and we did it when Final Four was there. Yeah. And Super Bowl, we go all week and we would do Super Bowl week live um, and get guests and the whole deal. And so then when the Blues uh, Bruins were doing the Stanley, were playing in the Stanley Cup final, we went up to Boston and we did it at a bar in Boston, live radio. And then we would go into the games. Um, so I actually went to game one, two, and five in Boston. Didn't go to any games here. Um, 
And at that exact same time was U.S. Open week. So oh, the, yeah, that's right. The Wednesday night the Blues won the Cup in Game 7 in Boston was Wednesday night of U.S. Open week at Pebble Beach. So I actually had to miss. I couldn't go to Game 7. I would have gone. But I, we had to be out there covering the golf stuff. So it was a wild time because... You know, Tiger Woods won the Masters that year, mm -hmm. which obviously um, my, my whole career is being one of the biggest Tiger Woods fans in the world. So Tiger wins the Masters. And then the Blues make their cup run and win the cup. And then that same year was a massive year for us in terms of growing foreplay in the golf stuff. We had a couple moments with Tiger Woods that went pretty viral in our world. Um, so 2019 was kind of a whirlwind. But, yeah, it was we would go up into Boston. Uh, we would go to bars, you know, right across the street from the Garden and host live radio from four to six and the games would start at seven or eight and i mean dave portnoy like noogied me on the uh jumbotron one time <laughs> i remember that yeah. <laughs> i just that. totally <laughs> blindsided me which was unfair it's like i had there's nothing i could do um on the literally on the jumbotron that went crazy it's <laughs> tough like, toughing your so, boss yeah, noogies, yeah. just like grinding um and they ended up winning it i remember you know going into those right boston fans are very they're cocky, they're confident. The Patriots won so many times. Yeah, man. The Red Sox have uh, owned the Cardinals owned recently. The cards in, in World Series. Celtics, you know, won a title in there. They might win another one. So it's like they're they were very cocky at this time in 2019. And so they just were right. They were like uh, Bruins in five. And I was like, you guys don't understand how good the St. Louis Blues are. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how good they are. Um, and granted, that series was a grind. There were some calls that went our way in game five. Yeah. Um, that if they don't, it could be a little bit of a different series. But to, again, for them to go out, reminding me of game seven against Dallas, except the Blues just scored, where they weathered the storm in, in the first period. Oh, it was Bruins came out buzzing. Uh, Bennington made some phenomenal saves. Uh, and then the Blues just capitalized. I mean, that Petrangelo goal with a couple seconds left where Marshan was like, had a lazy change yep. in back check, and they scored to go up like 2 nothing. And you were like, wow, how do we get out of that period 2 nothing? And then they just dominated for the rest of the way. It and wasn't even was a sweat. The easiest, like, game seven win. So you're watching the Blues win the Stanley Cup at Pebble Beach. Yeah, I was at Pebble Beach. And it was it was still, you know, it was weird because we're three hours behind there. So it, yeah. was, like, it was like 4 p.m. <laughs> you know, and the sun's not even set for like two hours. We haven't gone to dinner yet. And the Blues are winning the cup and you're just like oh my god and you know how it is like your your group text with all your boys is going nuts yeah. everybody can't believe that it was happening so yeah 2019 was insane and then this team this year i thought the blues actually had a really good playoff team um i think if bennington doesn't get hurt they could have been oh man and I if they agree. beat colorado i mean they're i think then they're going up against you know they're going up against tampa probably in the in the final anything mm -hmm. could happen so because uh, I think they would have beat Edmonton. I mean, 100%. I don't know they would have swept them like Colorado did. But, um, but yeah, if Bennington hadn't got hurt, which injuries happened as part of the deal, but I think they could have won the Cup again this year. I think they had a real, like, playoff That was team. legit. And I know O'Reilly was talking about this. One of the best teams I've ever been on, and obviously he's a Con Smythe winner, so he knows what he's talking about. All right, you have been kind enough to uh, do an hour with us on TMA and here, and I want to, uh, we got a break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about something that we discussed yesterday on the show, and there was a lot of interest in it, and that's the PGA Tour Live Golf golf situation and I'm going into this, man, and I have no idea where you are on it, so I am anxious to hear what you think. Okay. Uh, and, and the audience uh, is, is, is I don't know if the audience is divided on it, but people are passionate about it, either passionate and that the players should be able to do it or passionate the players shouldn't be touching it. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780. Riggs from Barstool, the four-play pod, is in studio with us here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you. Action Jackson on the ones and twos. And it is our pleasure to have here in the Car Shield studios Riggs from Barstool. And let's get into it. This is what we were talking about about 24 hours ago. I had a... Uh, uh, I can say it. It's not like I'm not going to say what he said. But Adam Long, St. Louisan, mm-hmm. texted me last night that he was listening to the segment we did on the PGA Tour Live thing. Uh, so if A. Long is listening, what's up, A. Long? Hope you do... Uh, do well this weekend. I saw a shot even yesterday. Um, so what do we what do we got going on with this? What is your opinion? Because especially because you you're close to the PGA Tour players, yeah. and so you have more insight on this thing. You know, I think uh, I think every every person who's employed in the world probably has some complaints about their employer, and I think that that's no different on the PGA Tour. Yes, they you know claim that they're independent contractors, but. Um, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have some complaints. And now what's crazy about this situation is it's the first time really, especially in our lifetime, that that type of, you know, feeling and, and desire to kind of control your own, your own, uh, stuff, rights, run your own kind of league has actually manu- manifested itself into a, a competitive league yeah. a, a competitor to the actual real threat league, the tour that I, you know that just hasn't happened people talk about you know afl nfl back in the day i don't really know or remember anything about that sure, i don't know going around for it PGA usfl right. it was a you know fly by night thing right and pga tour and pga of america when they split which i believe like arnold palmer was a big driver of and that's why the pga tour exists now and he kind of drove that like again that was decades ago and i don't remember. so in today's day and age for there to be an actual, you know, splinter, a fracture between the PGA Tour and another league, that's big enough that Dustin Johnson, um, Phil Mickelson, who I know Phil's 51 now, but he's he won the PGA Championship a year ago. Mm-hmm. He is still, you know, a top five draw in the world of golf, I would say, when it comes to selling tickets and just general clout. Um, and Dustin Johnson was the number one ranked player in the world, you know, a year ago, a little over a year ago. He, he won the Masters mm-hmm. and he won, uh, he was winning everything. That was November 2020, so that's a year and a half ago, um, that he was kind of winning everything. And he has resigned from the PGA Tour and joined another league. He's 37 years old. I think he just got married. Um, and, you know, really, really good golf is clearly still in his future. Now, whether he doesn't want to grind as much or whatever, who knows? But, the, you know, DJ is not, it's not like he is. Um, he's not in the Lee Westwood and the Sergio Garcia right, right. bucket. Like he's he's one of the best players in the world. He went five and zero with the Ryder Cup a few months ago. Basically, um, he was the only guy to do that. So um, it's it's wild times, and it's drawing obviously a ton of media as it should because you, it's unprecedented. And now it's um, it's extremely polarizing. You know, I could tweet something basically just saying that I'm. I I, I think I tweeted yesterday. Hand up. Uh, I'm enjoying the Live Golf broadcast. Right. And you got you know, a lot of half help. the replies are like, you know, you're sport washing and you support, you know, human atrocities in Saudi Arabia. And you're like, no, I'm just like, I'm watching a broadcast of golf that I kind of <laughs> right. like. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. And and um, and then on the other side, I can understand that it's not it's not like the negative um, things that are being brought up about Saudi Arabia are like they're kind of bad guys. It's like they, you know, murdered a Washington Post journalist, chopped his body up, and they execute people for being gay. It's as horrific a stuff as it can be. So I understand why it's so emotional. Um, where it clearly gets tricky is that we live in a world that is driven by money. Money is our point system. That is like you are generally considered more successful than other people if you have more money than somebody else. The market determines that you are more valuable if the market pays you more money. And so 
it would be one thing to sort of ridicule everyone for taking money if money was like some sort of bonus extra thing. We all do things for money. Literally everyone, I bet 95% of people listening right now get up, go to some job that they hate, fake it with, you know, Susie at the desk all day, every day because of money. They have to have money. They have to pay for things. So it definitely gets to a level, right, where, you know, people uh, think that you're being greedy. You already have enough money. If Dustin Johnson's made $75 million mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour and another $100 million in endorsements, does he really need to take this deal? You know, no, he doesn't. And, you know, there's, there's clearly a, um, a morality line when it comes to, you know, taking things, right? Like if, if someone steals a loaf of bread and that person is some rich, spoiled kid, you know, they're viewed way differently than if someone steals a loaf of bread and they literally are stealing it to 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 feed their starving sister and mother who can't work, you know, like, so there's clearly differences in people, in people taking things. So it gets really, really complicated. I think that the the most common reaction is like, yes, in an ideal world, um, you would love to see everyone have the Rory McIlroy and the Justin Thomas approach of I'm not going to go there because it's it's blood money and I have a lot of, uh, you know, moral reasons against it. Um, but also everyone doesn't have the money and the same opinions that Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas has. So they're clearly going to let generational wealth opportunities affect their decisions and people move uh, to Saudi Arabia for jobs because those jobs will pay people more money. If most people, again, out there listening, God, if they're if they're making seventy five grand a year, and a company came in and said, "We'll pay you five hundred grand a year to move to Saudi Arabia and do your job for uh, five years," that I think most people would be like, "Yep, I'm going to do that." So, yeah. you know, I, I think people get it. In an ideal world, it'd be great. Uh, you know, you don't want to be someone that's that's known that you're being used. To sport wash, right? I think that there is a very genuine effort from the Saudi Arabian regime to cleanse their reputation around the world um, by normalizing their culture. And, you know, they bring in the WWE, Formula One. They bought the Premier League team. Um, They're trying to, you know, uh, bring in a competitive golf league. Um, But I don't necessarily agree with the argument that that instantly equates to success for them. I mean, to be honest with you, if it weren't for Live Golf, I think we would have talked way less about the horrific things that Saudi Arabia does. It's actually drawn yeah, a lot right. of attention yeah, to that. Yeah, that's like, true. How that's many true. times would I have discussed that among friends over the last year if it weren't for Live Golf? Zero. Right. I wouldn't have talked about it at all. I wouldn't have been aware of it at all. So I don't know that, like, I guess I get that they're, I get what their intention is, and it's horrific, And but I don't believe that Dustin Johnson agreeing to go over there equates to them having success in what they're trying to do. So I think that those two things being like kind of um, like like those two things have to be true at the same time, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, so long story short, it's super complicated. Uh, you know, I think Justin Thomas said it really well where he was like, look, I, I'm disappointed that uh, players are going over there. But I don't think any differently of them as individuals. It's like I'm not going to not talk to Dustin Johnson now when I see him around Florida because he chose to go to live golf. I have a different opinion, but he, you know, he highlighted Justin Thomas highlighted that it is really kind of reflective of our culture now that if you disagree with someone, you instantly feel you have this this obligation now to hate them, right. and that's just psychotic. You know, it's it's not it's not right. I don't think it needs to be. 
it needs to that we need to cool down with right that. i thought that was a great statement in general not right. regarding live exactly. golf and pga that was and a great politics and how you know um how polarizing and passionate people are now you almost you can't disagree and and coexist it mm-hmm. seems like and that's that's a bummer and this you know in the golf world we're talking about golfers choosing where to make 100 million dollars so it's a little bit silly but then again when you kind of frame it with the horrific, you know, um, human atrocities that have been committed. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously a, a, a pretty serious thing. But again, I don't think that it's, I don't think it equates that choosing to play golf over there, you know, means that you support uh, what they've done. I think it really means that you're just trying to do the best for yourself and your family, your family. and make a lot of money. And if someone's using you, you know, like you could make the argument that you're being used by any regime or any, you know, and, and then people say, what about ism? And it's like, well, yeah, but. It, it, what aboutism I think would apply if it weren't for that they have to play golf somewhere. So like, if they if the if the decision was being between like make a bunch of money playing golf or just like don't and that was a viable option, then I think what aboutism would apply. But it's like, okay, every decision that they make, you could in terms of where to play golf, whether the PGA Tour chooses to play in China and what they do with you know child abuse over there and and um, work issues and and labor issues like. You know, you at some level could always argue that it's there's a, a bad actor behind the entire thing. And again, my point is like they have to play somewhere. Yeah. And so if you're going to argue that through anything, I, I, I think it gets tricky. I think a lot of people hold that belief. I think a lot of people find it unfair that the golfers are taking um, kind of the brunt of of a lot of this negativity when it turns out that, you know, the um, the fund, the Saudi Arabian backed fund, you know, invest in a lot of companies and has done a lot of different things with, you know, everyday things that we use that they're involved in. That people just in. aren't aware of. It, exactly. And so, again, it gets it gets super tricky. It's very complicated. It's a complicated thing to talk about. And I just think it's, it's um, in an ideal world, nobody would, would do it because of where the money is coming from. But we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a world where money is extremely important. And I think it's really unfair to fault people or to judge people as bad folks because they choose to go right. there. And, and play. I think part of that is a, a wise strategy on the PGA Tour's part of calling it the Saudi Golf League to Non-stop. hammer that home. It's and all that is that's Monahan put in his statement yesterday. Saudi all, Golf all strategy all day long. All right, final thought for you, and then I will finally let you uh, leave the building after you've been <laughs> so kind to spend 90 minutes with us here. Um, I can talk. You know yeah, me, oh, I know, man, and I like, can too. Uh, what do you think winds up happening? What do you think winds up happening? I think they have to coexist at some point. I, I really do. I don't think that you think the, Augusta will let uh, the live guys play. I don't know. That's a that coin to clip. me is the one that is going to be the moment. Yep. I think that the you know I think the PGA of America, who obviously runs uh, the PGA Championship, I could see them siding with the PGA Tour um, and not allowing it. But I think the two opens, which clearly are going to allow it, um, I think that was predictable that they're going to allow it. They are open by nature, so anybody who qualifies can play. The Masters is one that it's a coin flip for me. I don't know which way they're going to come down. I think that's going to be really important. And the other big thing is the, you know, I saw Live Golf has applied for world ranking points, um, which matters to these guys. They get into big events. They get into uh, the majors, obviously, based on world ranking points. And so if they're playing for a few years and can't acquire any, they're not going to be able to get into a lot of uh, to the majors. And so um, so where kind of those things fall is almost going to dictate things. But it's also the tour, I thought, came out with a pretty weak statement yesterday. It was they suspended him, but nobody knows how long. I mean, I think their only move, really, to save save face and try to protect people from leaving was to just permanently ban everyone. Mm-hmm. You just permanently ban them because 
there's really not much incentive for guys if, if they can get over the moral, uh, you know, uh, uh, boundary and the moral issues with it. And it just comes down to pure finance. They're playing eight events, 54 holes. It's much easier. Um, a lot of guys are going to do it. And if the big consequence is like you get suspended for nobody even knows how long and you maybe get uh, a $25,000 fine, they're making $25 million. Right. It so who cares? So they're yeah. going to all do it. So um, the tour, I think, has been put in a, in a pretty tough spot, actually. To you know, when you're just up against unlimited money, that's um, the thing. How I do you beat that, man? I don't know what you can you can really do. Um, and you know, I think the tour is suffering a little bit. They they didn't really innovate, right? They haven't really innovated their product uh, product much. I do think the broadcasts are very watered down. They're pretty boring to watch. Um, and and overall, you know, they're going to kind of pay for that. Um, now, whether they should pay the way that they are, where I think a lot of their stars are going to kind of jump. It's not fair to go up against unlimited money. I mean, if you would work forever to build your business and someone, a competitor came in next door and had literally unlimited money and no viable business uh, plan, and it didn't matter, yeah. you, I mean, that would suck. Oh that my would God, just be, be sure. unfair. So it's, That's it's, why I think they're scrambling. They know they got a situation on their hands. They really are. Uh, man, I've enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, this has been wonderful, and, uh, and I know our audience has enjoyed it, both on TMA and here on Balloon Party. Thanks so much for coming in, especially when you come in, you come to see your family, and you come into the studio here. Super cool of you. Continued success. It's Thank the you. Four Play Pod. You can follow Riggs at Riggs Barstool on Twitter, and uh, I've enjoyed the hell out of the conversation and finally getting a chance to meet. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. It was All a great right. time. Thanks uh, for having me. All right, brother. Uh, we will take a commercial break. We'll come back with more here, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. That is BK and Ferrario. We were joined in the first half of the program by Riggs from Barstool talking about the live golf thing. St. Louis native. Harvard guy, just like you, uh, yeah. Jackson. Yep, yeah, we we were uh, we cut up in class together. We were always hanging oh, is that out. Right? Yeah, we would just hang out after in the quad. <laughs> when I was like probably twelve, maybe. Right. Well, you were a prodigy. You were right. well hunting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I was uh, undergrad. Here on the program, uh, we're talking it over uh, with uh, with uh, Riggs for the first half hour. Here on the back half of the program, I wanted to get into the Cardinals. I I, I guess I had to take a loss in the predictionary. Yep. Yep. Seven and four now. Seven and four. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. I hate it. I really do. Yeah, that was one they could have had, too. They lose 2-1 yesterday. The National League Central, uh, also known as the 2014 SEC East, <laughs> is uh, is in the midst of a combined Jackson 17-game uh, losing streak. All of the teams in the National League Central are on a losing streak the Brewers, fortunately for the Cardinals, man, yeah, seriously, have lost six in a row. Mm-hmm. Cardinals have uh, lost three in a row. The Pirates have lost three in a row. The Cubs have lost three in a row. And the Reds have lost two in a row. It's quite a little division they've put together. Uh, and so the Cardinals will try to right the ship. The losing streak of the National League Central has to come to an end this yeah. evening yep. because everybody is buzzing with the Cincinnati Reds in town. Who, who isn't fired up for the for the Reds matchup? Uh, I see in Little Harvard's Friday parlay, yeah. it is uh, one of the questions. The Cardinals over under one and a half wins this weekend over the Reds. The, the answer is, is obvious is what I would say. I guess what I would say is this: is if the under somehow covers, that's a that's right. a little concerning, right? 
Very much so. Plus, there's a Wainwright start in there. Yeah, so you, so you, you have got to, that. You have to chalk that I wonder away. what number you can get on that. I don't want to turn you away from, I know you're watching Celtics game film over there. To right, try trying to, to figure out how they're going to defend the ball screen. Right. Uh, but uh, I know you can get numbers on teams winning series. I, I wonder what the Cardinals are. I'll, I'll throw a number out here. I'll say the Cardinals are minus 350 to win the series this weekend. Minus 350 to win the like series. I feel good about that number. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fire a guess. I'm going to say minus 280. Okay, Thanks. Coming off right. a three-game losing streak, I'm going to say minus 280. Let's pull up, uh, get a series prop going. Uh, oh, you're going to do? You're actually going to do this on the air? This is very Frances of you. Yeah. Let, let me, me text. Let me, uh, right, let me count the number of bulls here. Uh, All right. There's the wow. peach bull. There's one. There's a sun bull. There's two. Uh, what else we got? There's the holiday bull. There's three. Hold on a second. Give me a second. I know everybody's turning the station. Hold on a second. We got to get the fiesta bull. There's four. All right. The sugar bull. There's there's five. We were both way off. Cardinals minus 180 to win the series. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> would would my wife mind if I left her and the two children behind for a flight and just shipped the entire bankroll? Wow. I really did feel good. I, sometimes I'll spit these numbers out, and then like 10 seconds after, it's like, oh, that can't be right. Right. I was really surprised the Rays were minus 180 yesterday. Right. I still, I'm still surprised by it. You know, if you, if you trust the process, yeah. you don't get upset by the result. Uh, as I always say, you can lose a poker hand when you shove with pocket aces. So, you know, I don't know if the Cardinals yesterday were pocket aces, but I, pocket eights and uh, minus 180. Minus I mean, well, let me tell you something. There'll be some banny roosters on this station on Monday morning if the Cardinals lose the series to the Reds coming off of losing. Yeah. And the thing is. And I was really confused by this. And BK and Ferrari had a great interview with Buster Olney. And, and I don't know what it was about the series against the Cubs that had all of, not all of ESPN, but some people at ESPN, I'm talking about the mothership, not here locally, just going, man, the Cardinals are a World Series contender. And I'm going, they had to go to extra innings to win the series in two straight games. I don't, right. I, th- th- listen, it could theoretically happen, of course, but what about the five-game series in Chicago was so... Eye opening. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm asking that rhetorically. I, I. I. can't imagine many people in the audience are like, hold on a second. If anything was eye opening, it was sweeping the Padres. Right. You know, beating you, Darvish. I mean, that was legit. That sweeping the Padres. That was. That was the most legit stretch they've had from my standpoint because I am operating on the premise this year that it is. You know, I'm use my Missouri football schedule analogy. They're playing Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian in New Mexico State. And when Missouri beats them, I'm not going to go, hold on a second. They might just win the SEC this year. Mm-hmm. You know, see how they do against K-State. See how they do against Auburn. See how they do against Georgia and Florida. And then we can have a conversation. So when the Cardinals beat the equivalent to like, uh, you know, I don't know, Auburn and swept the Padres, I'm like, okay, maybe things are going on here. But when it goes to extra innings in a five-game series against a team that is just full of randos, that uh, you know they won the series. But I didn't. I didn't come away from that the same way that like Buster Olney and some others at ESPN were like. Sure. And I don't know what that was about. And maybe I'm missing something. But I didn't think that was right. some kind of clinic. Yeah. Uh, if anything, the, the sweep of the Padres was the thing. And by the way, it cuts. It cuts both ways. You know. Yeah. The second game in the Rays series was was rough, but. Game one, they should have had, and I realize I realize that they don't count them when they should have, and so on and so forth. So this isn't me, like, excusing it because I hope to get a job with the Cardinals. I have zero interest, and I, I think the interest is even less on their end. So that, that's that's not what this is. I'm just telling you what my honest opinion is. Right. 
they had that game. So in other words, it's not like they, they weren't on, in the same class as the Rays, a legitimate World Series contender, even though the Yankees are 41-16. and 16. Uh, But two of the three games, the Cardinals were right there. So it, it's not a case of going, oh, man, they're just not, now that they've played a great team from the AL East, they can't hang. But they didn't win the games. However, you know, they were they were in the mix on those things. Now, you lose two of three to the Reds, that, well, that, that, would be, that would be something where I'd go, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think that's, I'm, I don't know. Let me, here's where I am, and I don't know where people are on the whole thing. I'm just not really all that concerned. The Cardinals, in my mind, the Cardinals are going to win 85 games, give or take five on either side, yep. and, and they will be in the playoffs, and then we'll just kind of see what happens. Yeah, and yeah. At, at this moment, the Dodgers and Mets look like they're in a, in a different class. But... You know, injuries play out. Yeah. What will the Cardinals do? What will the other teams do? Uh, so I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pontificate, especially when the two world championships the Cardinals have won in the 21st century, neither team looked like they were a World Series team at this particular moment right. in the season. And uh, by the way, speaking of the Yankees and being 41 and 16, and this is more an observation on baseball. And I don't know what people think on this. Of course, we read 100 texts on the show every day, 65780. 20 years ago, when the Yankees were the Derek Jeter, you know, Posada, Bernie Williams, uh, who am I leaving out? Oh, Mariano. Yeah. Uh, that group of Yankees, and they were in the midst of the run that began in 96. If the Yankees were 41 and 16 and they had a guy on pace to hit more than 60 home runs, I feel like it would be the story in sports or one of the stories in sports, depending on what's going on with the Stanley Cup final and the NBA finals at this time of the year. Right. Uh, Now, the baseball season started a little later, but the Yankees have won 72% of their games, and Aaron Aaron Judge has hit 22 home runs. And unless I'm missing it, and I wake up every morning to come come in and do TMA and to, to do balloon party, and I especially I appreciate it when it's a Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. That's what the I best. watch. I saw Patty Maroon on there last night yeah. with SVP. So I watch it in the morning, and I don't feel like they're really talking that much about the Yankees. And to be clear, because I know we got our hypersensitivity about New York being big and St. Louis being small, that's not what I'm talking about. It's an observation on baseball. I'm not looking for more Yankee coverage. I don't care. My observation is... Man, 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, but 20 years ago for sure, if the Yankees were 41 and 16 and had a guy on pace to hit more than 60 home runs, I feel like that would be at the top of the show or second on the show. And it just, I don't, I feel like it's kind of flying under the radar relative to what it would have been. And I don't know the reason for it outside of, I suppose I can theorize that ESPN now is not treating baseball the same way they were treating baseball and then yeah. i would go if indeed my my hypothesis is correct what is the reason for that and i i, I don't know do you do you see it that way i know oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. Out, i mean you were four when the yankees were right you know, in 2002 but but i referenced on tma earlier today that i remember alex uh, alex rodriguez i can't remember what year it was but he had 14 home runs in april it was like a historic april for him and it was the lead on sports center it was the first thing they talked about it was huge news and now more so and granted there's you know playoff hockey on right now and the nba finals which is espn's big thing so that's kind of taking precedence but i do feel the same way that a story like this the yankees the biggest team in baseball who are red hot with a player who's one of the best of our generation who's 
playing like he is the one of our best of our generation and not really being talked about. It, it is, it's odd, but I think it's the state of baseball where we currently that's are. That's what I'm wondering. And again, I'm not like, man, I want my Yankees right, coverage. Right, right. You know, I, that's not it. It's just, it's, if this were the Cardinals that were 41 and 16, it was Goldschmidt, who is a great guy, but will be the first one. Like, I, I'll do interviews with him, and he'll apologize at them because I know you wanted more. It's just not who I am. Yeah. And I go, dude. If anything, I respect it. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, it's not like he's being an ass when he does it. No. He's just that's just who he is. He is baseball through and through, just like the guy on the other side of the field yeah, is baseball the same through way. and through. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not, but but if, if with the St. Louis Cardinals in market 22 or 23 or whatever the hell we are now, and uh, and the Cardinals are 41 and 16, and it's Paul Goldschmidt with 22 home runs through 57 games, I wouldn't expect Sports Center to be covering it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And and I also understand the business reasons behind it. I'm not angry about it. Uh, but it's the Yankees, and yeah. it's Aaron Judge, and I'm I'm going wow! I'm just really surprised this isn't getting that much attention mm-hmm. because 41 and 16 is a hell of a clip, you know. I mean that is a monster pace. Uh, I could do some algebra and actually calculate it, and maybe I will, Jackson, uh, to see what kind of win total they're on pace for. And I know Judge is on pace for more than 60 home runs, and it's just not getting that much attention. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I got not that I have it up. It's on in the studio right now, and in a moment that makes me want to pass out, I see Stephen A. Smith is yelling at Jay Williams <laughs> about the PGA Tour and live golf. So... They, they must really be. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> can only talk so much. Draymond. I don't know what happened there? Some some producer is going to be getting a Friday five a five p.m. call into the office. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with the final segment of Balloon Party for the week. This is one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Welcome back. Time is it? Ten fifty six. Perfect. Brand. Right in the right in the pocket. <laughs> that kind of on the under, actually. Right. Yeah. Said ten fifty seven. Yeah. Thank you to the texture because Jackson and I just started talking during the break. I didn't do the algebra, but uh, the Yankees are on pace to win one hundred sixteen games. Wow. Jeez. So there you go. That's unbelievable. Uh, Tim ESPN has TV rights to the NBA Finals and the NHL playoffs now, so it's not surprising at all. It's from the six three six. Yeah, but the thing is, they spent a lot of time on Texas Oklahoma softball. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so. I get that, and I agree with that. That's what I used to say when people would complain about no hockey coverage on ESPN. I go, well, they don't have the NHL anymore, right. so it's strategic. But, you know, I mean, all due respect to the magic that was the the Oklahoma win. Mm-hmm. And is it Jocelyn A? Clearly you don't know. I thought you right. would know, and, and now I regret going down that road. But either way... Uh, I would just think that they understand that there is a larger audience that would be interested in Major League Baseball and the New York Yankees. Yeah, I don't know. I'd listen. I don't. I'm not. It's it's a it's an observation on the game of baseball and its place in the pecking order in the sports world. That's it. That's that's what it is. BK and Ferrari are coming up next. Yeah, weekends here, Jackson. What do you got going on? Most eligible bachelor in St. Louis, they say. Yeah, it's uh probably hang out tonight and tomorrow. Play a little golf. Enjoy. It's going to be hot as hell next week. So and try to enjoy the. The weather when it's not scorching, so I hit a couple patios, do my thing. Wow. Yeah. What's it got to be like? Oh, it's, you know, when you're HD2 star and then do an hour on 101, it is. Right. You walk in and you know, the place clears out. Is that right? Yeah. Well, once they, you know, I got the, I have people carry red velvet rope with me. Oh, I didn't know you did that. So whenever I sit, they put that down. I don't want to be, you know, Harvard will do. Right. Hamptons, yeah. it's. 
So, it's just different. I live differently. It is. And I think the audience appreciates your right. relatability. I'm relatable. BK and Ferrari are coming up next. Have a wonderful weekend for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.